Morning, VBCC. How are we doing? All right. Well, hey, we are so glad you're here. Who's ready for Super Bowl tonight? Who's rooting for the Chiefs? Who's rooting for the 49ers? Who's just rooting for commercials? Uh, well, hey, when I was about 19 years old, I want to tell you about, I, I, I met somebody for the first time that made a huge impact on my life. I met this seven-year-old kid, his name was Robert. Robert lived down the street from the school that I attended in Chicago. He lived in this notorious projects called Cabrini Green. And Robert was this incredible kid full of tons of energy. Tons and tons and tons. And I got involved in this kind of Big Brothers, Big Sisters program and just happened to get matched up with Robert. God knew what he was doing. And Robert and I, each week or so, I would come and I'd pick him up in Cabrini Green and we'd walk down the street to my school and uh, take him to the dining room and he would thus terrorize everybody in that dining room. And uh, thankfully, my, my style with kids has changed since being 18, 19 years old. I'm a little more hands-on. Uh, but he would just run circles around the place. And we'd go to McDonald's down the street, and he'd order his chicken nuggets. And it, it was just such an impactful time in my life. We go on these retreats with, through our school with other uh, students and, and, and kids from Cabrini Green involved in Big Brothers Big Sisters. And talk about Jesus, talk about the gospel. And it was just such a powerful time. I remember this one time in particular. It's Chicago, mind you, it's freezing cold. I don't know why anyone lives there in the winter time. And I'm walking Robert back from, from our school and walking him back to Cabrini Green. It's nighttime and it's freezing cold. And, and Robert, he didn't have really enough layers on at all. He had, I think, maybe a, a T-shirt or, or something and a, and a jacket on. And the temperature just dropped. And that wind kicked up. And it was miserably cold. And he was just miserable. He was actually crying. It was so cold. And I'll never forget just this moment where I, I had multiple layers on. And I took as many layers as I could off and just covered this kid who just was suffering and freezing. And I just remember in that moment, in the midst of the wind, the wind was whipping, the snow was coming. I just remember that moment thinking, I'd do anything for this kid. And I thought to myself, man, Jesus loves this kid so much. He would do anything for him. Jesus loves his kids in the, these projects and would do anything for them. Jesus loves me, and he would do anything for me. And in that moment, I felt like I got this beautiful gift from God, where he really opened my eyes to just how much he loves our kids, whether that be in the projects of Chicago, or whether that be in the Verde Valley. Jesus loves kids. He loved Robert. He loves kids. And that's what we're going to be sitting in today. 
and over these next few weeks, in fact. Kids matter to Jesus. So what does that mean for us? If we want this heart of Jesus, how do we view the kids in our life? You see, because sometimes we view kids maybe as a burden. Or maybe we're just apathetic to it. Maybe they're the source of stress and anxiety in your life. Maybe you just think, ah, they don't really contribute anything. And one day they'll be a contributing member of society, but right now they're just something that's, they're there. But when we look at kids through the lens of Jesus, we see the intrinsic value and worth and blessing, and we see that you and I, we have so much to learn from the kids in our life. Kids matter to Jesus. And so what does that mean for us? Well, to answer that question this morning, we're going to be in Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10 will be in verses 13 through 16, and it's going to be up on the screen, pull it up on your phone, or grab one of the Bibles and take it home with you. It's in the seat back in front of you. And we are launching today this four-part series about letting Jesus saying this amazing statement, let the children come to me. And so this week, we're going to be talking about Jesus' heart for kids And then in part two, we're going to talk about what it looks like for parents and families. Part three, what does this look like for VVCC? What does this mean for us as a church? We want to get practical, tangibly have takeaways. In part four, what does this look like for me? What does this look like for me? And so as we're about ready to turn there, I want to talk about, we'll just zoom out in God's word, and we see that this isn't something that's new in the Gospels, this idea about children and their intrinsic value. But we see this all throughout the Old Testament, God's heart right from the get-go in creation, and throughout the Old Testament, God's heart to teach kids and pass on to them and help them remember the lessons that God has taught. And then we get to the book of Malachi, and we we put this on the screen too, Malachi 4, 4 through 6, if we've got it. God is telling Malachi, Malachi's prophesying through him, see, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents. He says, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. So this is in the midst of this huge prophecy of what's to come and is what we know as the gospel invading and coming into our lives of Jesus entering the world. This is the last prophecy we see in the Old Testament. And then fast forward to this passage, the very first prophecy we see in Luke 117 uh, that is referenced in the New Testament. So this is the angel Gabriel talking to John the Baptist. He's going to go, or talking to Zechariah about John the Baptist. He's going to go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah, referencing that last prophecy, to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So we have the last prophecy in the Old Testament, and then the first prophecy referenced in the New Testament, focusing on this idea of turning the hearts of parents to kids and kids to parents. 
This idea of the gospel affecting families, the gospel affecting kids, it invades everything. This is our setup as Jesus is about to come onto the scene. Jesus cares about the hearts of kids. He cares about the lives of kids. And Jesus is coming to affect and invade everything. And so now fast forward, Jesus comes into the picture and we're partway into his ministry and now we get to Mark chapter 10. And so if you are at Mark chapter 10, if you're ready to dive in, just say, I'm ready. Ready. All right, let's pray as we continue our time. Jesus, we love you. We will build our life upon you, upon your love, upon your word. It's a firm foundation. We do put our trust in you. And God, we don't come in here with a, just a, uh, nothing else going on in our life. Lord, I know in this room and, and my friends here and online, there's a million other things that we could think on, probably worry on, stress over. And God, we just put those things at your feet in this moment and in this time. Our eyes are fixed on you, the firm foundation. On Christ, the solid rock we stand, all other ground is sinking sand. We devote this space to you. So Lord, would you minister to each one of my friends here? Would you speak to them? Would you lead and guide? Would this time be just glorifying to you? Thank you for the kids in our lives. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing right now in this moment, just a couple hallways, the next hallway and the hallway over, God, in our, in our nursery, in our big kids' room, and all, all the things that you're doing, the gospel being proclaimed on their level. Be with us here as we take in your word on our level. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Mark chapter 10. Kids matter to Jesus. What does that mean for me? So people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. So imagine the scene. People are coming. They're bringing kids to Jesus, which is just such a cool picture, right? And so, so exciting. You know, parents are like, and and family members and friends, I want to bring my kid to this king of kings, this guy who's been ministering and healing people. I want to just want him to at least hold my baby and bless him. Maybe he's been healing people. Maybe he can lay his hands on, on my kid and just say a blessing over him. Great intentions. And what do the disciples do? Get back. They rebuke them. Say, no, you shouldn't be here. What are you doing? Jesus is too important for you. He's got things to do. He's got people to see. We got a full schedule book today. You know, it makes me think about you go to a, maybe a concert or something and, you know, they got like the barricades and, you know, maybe security guards lining the walls and the, you know, the rock star comes walking down and people are like, hey, give me an autograph. And the, you know, the rock star just looks straight ahead. Security guard is like, nope, you can't, you know, hold you back. And yet Jesus does something so different. I love this about Jesus. He defies expectations. He's willing to go out of his way and be inconvenienced. And Jesus, we're going to see in a moment, changes what 
the disciples' expectations would have been. So, first of all, I think it's so intriguing. It says people were bringing little children. Maybe you're sitting here and you're like, this series is not going to apply to me. I'm not a parent. I'm not married. My kids are grown and out of the house. But you notice it's people. People were bringing kids to Jesus. Maybe you're a grandparent. You're a neighbor. You're an uncle. You're working in the, in the kids' ministry here at VVCC. We get the job, the blessing, the opportunity to bring kids to Jesus. Maybe you're struggling with infertility. Or maybe you're single and you're like, the idea of getting married is so far off, I can't find that person for me. And it's hard and you feel the pressure and you feel down about it. Can I just say that we, we need you in our church body. You are not any less made in the image of God and valuable and a vital part of this church body than anybody else. We need you. And God wants to use you to help bring kids to Jesus. So whether you're a parent with a bunch of little kids in your home, whether you're a grandparent with an empty nester, whether you're single, wherever you are at, God wants to use you and he wants to work through you over these next four weeks in this series. So people are bringing little children to Jesus from to place his hands on them. Notice it's, it's little children. So, you know, maybe they're, we're going to find out in a second he's, he's holding them. So probably infants and babies. And so just imagine the scene. They're, they're excited. They're ready. The disciples are being party poopers and saying, get out of here. Look with me now, Mark chapter 10, verse 14. When Jesus sees this, I love this about Jesus. He was indignant. Don't you want to get mad about the things that Jesus is mad about? There's so much in our world that people get so mad about. Rage and anger sells, by the way. Your, your, our social media algorithms are made for it. Our news sites are made for it. Rage and anger and indignation Sells. It gets the clicks. It gets the shares. It's easy to get angry over so much. I want to get angry over what Jesus gets angry at, don't you? He gets angry at the fact that there's something standing in the way of him and these kids. Jesus sees us. He's indignant. And he says to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Kids matter to Jesus. What does that mean for me? Point number one, point the kids in your life to Jesus. Point number one, point the kids in your life to Jesus. I want you to think about the kids in your own life. And just visualize this for a second. I was, I was doing this the other night because, you know, of course, I'm thinking about this passage in the middle of the night while I'm holding my boy. I got a, a 13, almost 14-month-old rocking him. And just think about it. Visualize being there. First century AD. There's Jesus. And imagine 
taking those kids in your life and handing them to Jesus, bringing them to him, going out of your way to make sure your kids encounter the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. How do you do that today? Well, if you got, if you got kids or grandkids or nephews, nieces, friends that you, you brought that are in our nursery, preschool, big kids area, you're bringing them to Jesus. You did that this morning. Anytime you share with your kids about who Jesus is, anytime you bring them to, to Pulse or bring them to Summer's Great Adventure or you just talk about the gospel at home, anytime you have worship music playing in the background, you are bringing your kid to Jesus. And some of us in this room, some of you in this room might say, man, I'm doing an awful job as a parent. I'm not having two-hour Bible studies with my kid. They don't have Romans memorized yet. They're not perfect angels all the time. What's wrong with me and my parenting? Or maybe you look back on your parenting as an empty nest, or maybe your kids moved off and you said, I failed in this way and that way and this way. I'm an awful parent. I wish I could change things. Can I just tell you, bringing your kid to Jesus, you're not going to do it perfectly. And you didn't do it perfectly. But when you do those things, when you show and share Jesus with your kid, however you did it, God's proud of you for it. This is close to his heart. You're not Jesus. You don't have it all together. But any time that you position your kid to Jesus, you're pointing him to the one, him or her to the one who has it all together. Some of us in this room need to give ourselves grace. You don't have it all together as a parent. You don't have it all together as a person or a human being, but you're pointing your kid to the one who does. And you did it, and you're doing it imperfectly. But I want you to know God is proud of you. This is close to his heart. Kids matter to Jesus. What does that mean for me? I point the kids in my life to Jesus. And in some ways, too, it's the small things. You say, hey, I, I don't have time for a two-hour Bible study with my kid or to help him memorize Romans, and he's three years old, and maybe I've missed the boat already. <laughs> maybe it's the small things. It's those times at breakfast. It's times where you get home from work and you take a few moments to sit down and spend time with your kid. It's next door when you're a kid's worker and you're just sitting down, spending time with them, going through the Bible lesson for that day, which makes such an impact. It's being a friend to your neighbors who have little ones, and just each interaction, showing them love and care, and maybe even inviting them to church. It's with your grown kids, 
taking time to shoot them a text and give them a call. Sometimes it's the little things that add up and make a big difference over time. And then, yes, there is that place for the Bible study and make, taking them to, to church and checking them in over there, going out of our way to bring them to SGA. I was talking to a mom the other day, and, and, and she said, man, I've got like so many kids running around my house. I don't have time to spend time with Jesus. But you know what I, st- I started doing and realizing? I'm spending time with Jesus, and I'm going to include my kids in it. And she started doing Bible memorization with her kids. I thought that was awesome. So it's the intentional big things, yes, when God's word is open or when we're praying or when worship music is playing, but it's also the small little things as well that add up to make a big deal. How are we pointing our kids to Jesus? Jesus says at the end of verse 14, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these We have a lot to learn from the kids in our life. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Oh, it's so good. Let's keep going, and we'll we'll unpack that in a second, too. Look with me in verse 15 here. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. How, How do I take in the fact that Jesus loves kids and apply it to my life. Point number two, I receive the kingdom of God like a child. I receive the kingdom of God like a child. Jesus says, if you don't take it like a child, you're never going to enter. What's what's he getting at? So first of all, let's talk about the kingdom of God as the kingdom of God is his rule and reign. It's, it's here already, and at the same time, it's not fully here yet until Jesus comes back. Jesus is the king. He is Lord over all, and we are his kids who get to be a part of that kingdom. If you know this Jesus, you are a son or daughter of the king. Jesus, throughout his earthly ministry, we talk about the kingdom of God is here, and also the kingdom of God is coming. And he says we can't enter that unless we receive it like a kid. How does a kid receive it? Hands completely open. Hands completely open. As adults, we have a tendency, because, well, we're adults, we earn our way, we earn everything that we get. Right? We earn it, we earn it, we earn it. And so when we come to Jesus, we say, Jesus, here's my resume. Here's what I've done. I've been a part of a small group for years. I serve all the time. I've worked in kids' ministry. I pray. I read my Bible. Here's my resume, Jesus. Take me into your kingdom. And Jesus goes, are you kidding me? The Super Bowl this year, have you seen what the cost of a Super Bowl ticket is this year? It's astronomical. I mean, it's thousands of dollars. It's insane how it just keeps on. Compared to last year, it's even more and more and more. Thousands of dollars. Trying to get into the kingdom of God is like showing up to the stadium in Las Vegas today for the Super Bowl with your piggy bank. Be like, I've earned it. 
I've got enough. Let me just hold on one second. One penny, two penny. It's, it's ridiculous. But we do this with God, don't we, sometimes adults? God, I can earn it. And Jesus says, look at this kid. Receive the kingdom like this child, open-handed. There's no room for entitlement in the kingdom of God. Only open hands can be filled. Receive the kingdom of God like a child. Open-handed expectation, trust, and humility. Look with me in verse 16. Our last verse, he took the children in his arms, he placed his hands on them, and he blessed them. And so Jesus does with the, the people bringing the kids in verse 13, we're hoping for originally. He takes, scoops them up in his arms, he blesses them, puts his hands on them. And these same hands, as we continue in the book of Mark, these same hands would go on to be stretched out on a cross, wouldn't they? to die on the cross for your sin, for mine, for Aisha and Aiden and Maddie who are getting baptized later this morning. They go to die on the cross for our kids. Jesus would ultimately pay the price so that we could enter into the kingdom of God. Kids matter to Jesus. What does that mean for me? I point my kids to Jesus. I receive the kingdom of God like a child. And so today, what do you do? What are you walking away with? What does it look like for you to point kids to Jesus? Maybe you're a parent and so just being more present with your kid. I started putting my phone away more when I'm with my, with my 14-month-old, and that, that did wonders being present with my kid, not checking out or looking at my phone, reading scripture with them, listening to worship music with them. Maybe it's fostering and adopting and, and bringing another child into your home to help point them to Jesus. Maybe over, the, over these next few weeks, we're going to be having an opportunity to, to get plugged in with our kids' ministry here. And so uh, this service, next service, or next, this week, next week, there's going to be a table out there. And we're going to just have our, our nursery uh, table there if you want to see what's going on there. And they're also going to be showcasing the other kids' ministries here of SGA and Pulse. And so this week and next week, that table will be there and then week three, week four, along with that table, we're going to have a bunch of tables in the hallway featuring all of our kids' ministries. So if maybe God's tapping on your heart, saying, hey, I want, I want to get involved here in pointing kids to Jesus. After I pray, go out the doors, go talk to them at the table. Don't worry, you're not signing your life away. We're not going to say, hey, you're going to change dirty diapers, have fun, uh, without talking to you first and, and seeing how God's leading you. But what is God calling you over these next few weeks when it comes to pointing the kids in our life to Jesus. So, I got a call in 2020, and it was one of those calls you don't want to get. Robert, who I had met when he was seven, come to find out he had died tragically due to gang violence, drive-by shooting. He was 19 years old. 
But what I also learned during that time, during that call, was that there was another, another adult in Robert's life who was meeting with him regularly like I was back when he was younger. And they had just had a conversation weeks prior about Jesus and about the gospel. And it went well. And I hope and I pray that Robert received Jesus and knew Jesus. But I was so thankful for this loving adult who was there for him in the weeks leading up to his death. Never underestimate the power of one loving adult in a child's life. Never underestimate the power of one loving adult in a child's life. And maybe, just maybe, that adult will be you. And never underestimate the power of a church in a child's life. Kids matter to Jesus. Jesus loved kids. How is God calling you to be a loving adult in one child's life? Would you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you so much for your love, for your goodness, and for this time. We want to build our life upon your love, that firm foundation. And so, Lord, we give to you the rest of our day. Be glorified, be worshiped, and would you continue to speak to us, God? Who's that kid? Who are those kids? How are you calling us to reflect your heart, Jesus, for kids? And we thank you, Lord, for your love. We thank you that we get to be a part of your kingdom of God, empty-handed. You fill us. And we just pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.